You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. You can get us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. I will not give out the phone number because this program today, Thursday, October 29th, was taped last Monday, so we'll not be able to take phone calls. We have a great program lined up, and I'm Father Greg Sakowitz, the rector of Holy Name Cathedral in Chicago, and co-host Mark Teresi, who's working on the cathedral's 175th anniversary, also working on many other projects in the cathedral. Mark, welcome to the program this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much. We have a great guest here who we see very often. Two great guests. (laughs) We have two great guests here on the program. uh, But also, again, as we mentioned last Monday, uh, congratulations to Grandma and Grandpa with little Emma Emma Catherine, Uh, your seventh oh, grandchild. Wow. Wonderful. She's seventh, beautiful. Wonderful. She's beautiful. Emma was six pounds and 10 ounces and 21 inches She's long. She's so and, smart. And so <laughs> Does she take after grandpa or grandma? After, Probably after grandma. After, right now she's bald like her. Bald, <laughs> bald like grandpa. We have a tremendous program lined up for this half hour. The Synod and Synodality is a three-year process of listening and dialogue. The synodal process will conclude in 2024 Joining us for the next 30 minutes to talk about where we are in the Synod are Father Luke Camelli, the Cardinal's Delegate for Formation and Mission, and Monsignor Patrick Pollard, who has been working with Father Luke Camelli for the Synod process. There's Diocese Chicago, plus Father or Monsignor Pollard wears many hats in the Archdiocese. Though retired, he's really not retired, mm. and he'll be flying to Rome today to close the first session of the Synod this Thursday, the 29th. So to uh, Lou and to Pat, welcome to the program this morning. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning And now we have you. Father Lou in the studio and Monsignor Pat Pollard we have via live stream. And we, I mean, we can spend a full hour, but we have 30 minutes on the whole synod process. So maybe a place to begin, Lou, is what does the word synod mean? And then for maybe Pat or for Lou is why was the synod called by Pope Francis? Okay. Well, uh, the word synod, which is not a common word for us in English, mm-hmm. uh, comes from uh, two Greek words, syn, hodos. That means um, uh, with the road or on the road. And the, it captures the sense of walking together, of being together, of moving together. So that's the, the, the basic gist. Now, there's a tradition that we have that goes back to the beginnings of the church, of these assemblies, synods coming together, and of uh, trying to discern where God is leading the church. But more immediately, more immediately in our time, after the conclusion of the Second Vatican Council, Pope Paul VI established a, a pattern of the Synod of Bishops 
coming together uh, periodically, uh, actually in a regular way, and then there were some extraordinary synods, but periodically uh, to discuss matters of importance for the direction of the church. So, it, for example, evangelization, catechesis, and then it's picked up with Pope Francis with on family life, young people, and so forth. This synod on synodality is a little bit different than those others. They were targeted to certain themes, but this is a synod on synodality. In other words, learning how to be a synodal church. So maybe Pat wants to fill that out a little yeah, bit. Can, you can embellish that a little bit there, Pat, but that was a great response, Lou. In the uh, Instrumentum Laboris, the working document for all the participants in the Synod that's currently going on, they have this sentence in the third paragraph. Its aim will be to continue to animate the synodal process in the ordinary life of the church, identifying which pathways the Spirit invites us to walk along more decisively as one people of God. Some of the writing in all of the documents are uh, like the theme for a, uh, a doctoral paper, a, uh, a full class just on the sentence. They're, they're filled with uh, calls to listen and to listen to the Spirit and to be walking with the Spirit of God in us and in all the other people we're listening to. Uh, uh, I've seen some of the photos uh, of the actual sessions, and it shows the participants sitting at round tables with computer screens in the center of them, mm -hmm. and just listening to other people, all different languages, all talking about where the spirit they feel is leading the church. Now, you both said yes to this. This is a huge responsibility. Why, why did you say yes to being involved in this process? Well, the cardinal asked. End of question. <laughs> no, uh, but I, uh, apart from that, I mean, mm -hmm. obviously that I wanted to serve and I'm called to serve as Monsignor Pat was too. But uh, this is also a very good thing. It's an important moment in the life of the church. And, um, you, you know, the, the, here's the way I, I see it. At the beginning of the second session of the Vatican Council in 1963, Pope Paul VI, who had just been recently mm -hmm. elected, said that the direction of the council was this, that the church had to claim a consciousness of herself, really be aware of who she is in order to carry on the mission in the world. Mm -hmm. And this uh, synod on synodality is basically a continuation of that. We're trying to identify and deepen our sense of who we really are so that we can carry on the mission in the world. And when I, I see that, I say, well, this is really important, and I want to be a part of it mm -hmm. in whatever way I can contribute. That's great. Now, maybe along wait, those wait, lines. I just want well, to go get ahead, Mark. your Pollard's response. Sure. So why, why did he, you say, yes, you could be sunning yourself on a beach in Florida and <laughs> as a retired priest, Monsignor? Uh, actually, I prefer the desert climate of Nevada. <laughs> uh -huh. but, uh, That's right, in Nevada. Uh, once I heard that Lou Camelli was going to be there, <laughs> I thought, 
now I can do this with a good heart because uh-huh. I have a great mind to put this all together. And I think we've actually complemented oh, each really other. Have, yeah. And then I, I'm very good at attending Zoom meetings and yeah. organizing some items, but putting it all on paper and putting it in front of Father Lou, because I knew he would then translate it into language that so many could comprehend and understand. And we've all seen his articles that have developed so far. Yeah, I'll get that. Um, let me, I, let me course, say, believe uh, in the next year we'll probably see a book from Bob. Uh, maybe but you know i want to make sure that uh, you you also get credit for something that is incredibly important that you've done in this whole process and that is you have been with the consultative bodies of the archdiocese this is really yes. really important mm-hmm. so the um, archdiocesan pastoral council the um the women's committee the um presbyteral council and you know anything that any of our structures here that offer a place where people can um, relay mm-hmm. uh, things from the whole diocese. So you've really been good on that. I mean that's a wonderful contribution. And maybe a question Thank for both Lou and for Pat who's done a marvelous job. A two-part question. Number one is that when this whole process began, the whole entire archdiocese was asked to provide feedback, make comments. And the both of you were inundated with tremendous number of pages Mm -hmm. after page after page to synthesize all the comments from the archdiocese, which I know for you, Pat, and for Lou, took up hours and hours of time. So two things. Number one is, what did you come away with that? And number two is, this whole process, so far, what has it taught each of you? Lou? Well, well, that's a really big question, you know, because there are lots of parts to it. Uh, but there, there are some interesting points. Uh, I, one of the first articles I did for America was actually a, a response to your question: What did I, what did I find? I found some interesting things out. For example, that um, uh, we had a participation rate of four, about four percent in the diocese. When you think about it, that's not real high. But in that 4%, the people who did respond are deeply uh, committed to the church. They love the church. They, they want to be a, uh, active participants and, and so forth. Uh, a, a, a second thing that I, I found was people are learning what this process of synodality means. We, we're not there yet. We're learning so in, in, in many respects, when you listen to the responses of people, they were talking to the church rather than from the church. Ultimately, the synod process means that we all claim a kind of responsibility for the church, co-responsibility for the mission, and so we're going to talk from the church. But people say, well, you know what, the church should do this or the church should do that. That's talking to the church. So there's a process of learning going on and understanding who we are. So, th- I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm really compressing a lot. Mm-hmm. But but those those are a couple of things that I found that were really important. That was very good. How about for you, Pat? That was a great I, response, Lou. I, I saw the, the love that people have for the church. And if it, it goes from a sense of wanting to improve the church and assent to the other extreme of feeling they can protect the church. 
Yes. And so there was all kinds of comments made. Uh, in participation, uh, like in so many other things, because it did not have definitive categories, questions, uh, items that were going to be votes on, uh, the enthusiasm waned over the years. On the, the first uh, conference call we had, over 129 dioceses were uh, participating. Uh, in the conference call uh, just before the Synod uh, in uh, September, uh, we had uh, 24 dioceses participating. Wow. So keeping the enthusiasm going has been very uneven. And uh, it's that call to, to listen to everyone that I believe is some people are finally understanding that the, the listening is so much different, such a different dynamic, uh, a different ask of the faithful. Yeah. Now, I, it's, um, it is interesting. So at the parish, we have strategic planning group. We have people putting a lot of specifics uh, onto the future of the holy name. And I keep coming back to, but you got to let the Holy Spirit in. Yeah. Um, why do you think the Pope called this now? Why? This, why did he call us together? Well, I mean, t take a look. <laughs> take a look at the world. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it, it really goes back ultimately to what Pope uh, St. John the Twenty Third said when he called the council. He said, we're in, a, we're in a major moment now in, in the life of the world, and we want to bring the life-giving power of the gospel to this world that's broken, torn by war, polarized, divided, mm -hmm. hurting. So, yeah, I mean, this is, we need to keep reclaiming who we are so that we can serve our, 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 our mission. And let me just add one quick thing here, too. I mean, this is not about figuring things out. It is mm -hmm. the listening process that Pat was talking about. And it's not about figuring things out, of, of getting our minds organizing things and so forth. It's about discovering the direction that God is giving us. Hmm. That's much different than figuring things out. And that's hard yeah. because we're impatient. We and figuring things out gives us a better sense of control and so forth. And we want answers now. Yeah. But, it, but listening, discovering, allowing the truth to emerge, that's, that's what this is about. And, and, and it's a real challenge. I like yeah, that. Very much. Take us a break, Mark. WNDZ. Look at what's happened during the Synod, and that gives it a different tonality. Mm -hmm. October 4th, the Synod begins. Less than a week later, the Holy Father is calling for peace mm -hmm. between Hamas and, the Israel, and Israel. And look in our own Church of Chicago, uh, a few weeks after that, Cardinal Supich receives the call that Bishop Kevin Birmingham died. And he leaves the Synod to come to bury his auxiliary and his friend. And uh, so the, the, uh, the turmoil that surrounds our lives is all, it doesn't stop while the Synod goes on. Right. And point, it, it's part of uh, that uh, conversation. Yep. Uh, because others who were participants maybe had the same situation where they had to leave and then return. 
We're going to take a little break, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago. You can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We'll be back with Father Luke Camelli, Monsignor Patrick Pollard, to continue our conversation on the Synod, on Synodality, and hopefully talk about a few of the themes that you heard or you read and researched and emerged uh, give people a little prelude of what's to come. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned. Glow of Hope Brunch will be held on Sunday, November 5th at the Four Seasons Hotel. This special event raises awareness and critical funds for our family violence and recovery programs at our House of the Good Shepherd. Since 1859, the House of the Good Shepherd has opened its doors to women and children who have faced unspeakable trauma and fear. This transitional housing residence in Cook County helps domestic violence victims recover and plan for a safer, happier future. The theme for this year's Glow of Hope Brunch is an afternoon in Paris. Join us for this annual Catholic Charities Gathering on Sunday, November 5th. To purchase tickets and learn about sponsorships for the Glow of Hope Brunch, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. Forty-four for me teaching. When I started here, there were teachers here that had taught me when I was a student. Now I'm the old person. <laughs> right now, I teach junior high math. I love when kids find what I'm teaching to be fun, and they get it. I see that light bulb go off, and it's a thrill. People are always amazed. What? What? You're here for 44 years? It's hard for me to believe, frankly. (laughs) I love what I do. Every summer I think, oh, I miss the classroom. Even on the weekends, I think I can't wait to get back on Monday and teach those quadratic equations. (laughs) Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artschicago.org slash schooljobs. Mother Cabrini, a missionary woman religious, helped shape America's social and healthcare system in the early 20th century, hugely impacting the city of Chicago. If you or your family are from Chicago, this is part of your history. Join other young adults for networking and learning together about this remarkable saint. Come together to pray and discern how sacred art and architecture bring us closer to our Lord. On Saturday, November 11, attend a Mass at 11 a.m., followed by a guided tour at the Shrine of St. Francis Xavier Cabrini. It's located at 2520 North Lakeview Avenue here in Chicago. For more information, contact the Illinois chapter of the Patrons of the Arts in the Vatican Museums at 312-534-5351. back, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. Catholic Chicago. 
You can go to youtube.com slash Catholics Call with Father Luke Camelli, Delegate for Formation Mission for Cardinal Supitz, Archdiocese Chicago, and Monsignor Patrick Pollard, both working on the Synod, Synod for Synodality for our church. And um, it's a gathering of listening from around the world for the church. Literally. In Chicago, we did some listening here. Uh, Father Camelli, maybe do you want to begin? Uh, what kind of themes emerged? You went through every response. I certainly did. Wow. I got a banker's box full and, and that. And, and these responses, interestingly enough, they were some of them were from individuals, but a good number of them were from parish gatherings, mm-hmm. uh, religious communities, um, let me before I get into th- yeah. you wanted to hear a little bit of a theme. I would say two groups, three groups that really got the sense of this synodality and talking together. One was religious women, mm-hmm. sisters, because this has been going on in religious life now since the Second Vatican Council. So exactly. they were able to move right into this way of listening to each other, to God, and and then having these conversations. That, so they were one group. Second group, which also has a history, would be our Consejo Hispano, so the the Hispanic communities, uh, because this is Latin America has all it's it's apparent they have moved in many of these mm-hmm. same directions. So the third group, now this was so interesting to me, were people from Colby House, wow. so wow. the in, prison incarcerated ministry. people. Wow, they understood that we have to learn how to walk together and, yeah. and be church together, support each other, listen to what God wants, and so forth. So those were three populations. I thought, wow, this is Quite amazing. diverse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, that would have never surfaced unless we had put the questions out, unless we had checked with them. So that's, that in itself was a huge mm-hmm. learning uh, experience. And that leads me then to there are official themes, and, and they're very generic that Pope Francis uh, put out there, and they are communion, participation, and mission. Mm-hmm. So I mean, those are generic. But, but I would say um, in looking over the responses, there are two things that were particularly important. One was inclusion, and the second was appreciation. And let me mm-hmm. just quickly explain that a bit. Inclusion, meaning that we would be a community that would actually gather people who otherwise might feel excluded or on the margins. So whether that's uh, the poor, uh, minorities of of various kinds, including, um, for example, the LGBT Mm -hmm. community, so whatever, but to make sure that there's a welcoming space for everyone so that they can come in and encounter the Lord and deal with their lives in the light of faith. So that, that's, that's one, inclusion. The second thing is appreciation. Mm. And it, by that I mean an appreciation of the gifts that are already given in the church. Uh, for example, appreciation of the gifts of women and how they can uh, serve and, and how they can lead uh, so that that's that that was pretty steady theme, and um, appreciation for all the people of God and their capacities to contribute. So those are some things. Even along those lines, a question I have for uh, Pat, and that is, 
as much work has gone into this and the whole process of listening and gathering the responses, you always have your naysayers who are saying, nothing's going to come about this. It's long-winded, just same old, same old. What is your response to people who are negative about the whole thing saying, nothing's going to come out of it, <laughs> and just what's, what's your response to that, your take? First, I try to be as patient as I am with people who we meet in the parish all the time mm. who uh, come to us and uh, uh, they know the answer to their own question. And they're just posing it uh, as questions were posed to Jesus, mm. trying to trap him in his words. Uh, and and uh, how, do, how do we get them to say all the Holy Father is asking us to do is listen? There's no proposals. Talking about a subject does not mean we agree with the subject matter and we give it credence. It's simply we're listening to those who are voicing concern. And that posture is what makes us a better person and a better church. Uh, and, a, and some of it is frightening to people. So if you look at the October 22nd, issue of the Chicago Catholic on pages two and three, there are spokespersons for the Senate. They're in front of the display that shows they're actually in Rome at the Senate. One is of a Loretto sister, Patricia Murray, uh, just talking about what I just said about listening. And on the next page are two women in front of the same uh, press uh, section, one who is an Iraqi sister, uh, religious, and the other who is a lay person from Palestine, who is the uh, president of the Focolari movement. And they're sharing prayers for peace in the Middle East, uh, something that can so easily be put together because all these different groups are together talking. And um, yeah. I, I just can't put enough uh, emphasis on the value of Pope Francis calling us to talk mm -hmm. and listen. And to listen. Yeah, it's interesting because we would all be more conceived of as folks that have lived a life of ministry. And this is a futuring process. Yeah. What are your hopes? Well... My, I'm going to go back to what I said maybe near the beginning, too, that this is about claiming co-responsibility for the mission, that the whole church um, – in fact, I had a quote on my Twitter – or oh, excuse me, X <laughs> thing yeah. yesterday from John Paul – St. Pope John Paul II. It's a whole people of God. Mm -hmm. Now, this is very much in contrast to what a lot of people uh, experience and see in the church. They see the church as – a service delivery provider mm -hmm. that they can take this service or that service, but but they're in more a passive position. But this is really about claiming together the mission to go forward. Disci That's huge. The discipleship huge. piece. It's discipleship and it's disciples who are followers and apostles who are out in mission. Good and point. maybe just one quick last question to close the program. What is the biggest myth regarding the whole synod that you want to dispel to say what the synod is not. What the synod is not. It's not a 
quick fix. Mm-hmm. <coughs> it just isn't. There's no legislation. Yeah. I like that. Not a quick fix and no legislation. Well, I want to thank in a very, very special way Father Lou Camelli, Monsignor Pat Pollard, for joining us in the program. The both of you have done a phenomenal job with this whole synod process. There's more to happen, more to come. And as Mark said earlier, to leave room for the Holy Spirit, which is certainly a big part of it. And we certainly keep the whole process in prayer and trust God because ultimately it is the Lord's church and we are the instruments. So mm. to Pat and to Lou, thank you for joining thank us for half welcome. hour. Father Greg Sackowitz and Mark Teresi. And our, again, our, you can get us at youtube.com slash Chicago. Stay with us for part two. We are being taped today. So we're not giving a phone number out. Stay with us and do not touch that dial. Well, Greg...